This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the finale of Moon Knight, Episode 6, Gods and Monsters. Looking pretty rough, man. I don't know if you can hear me. From the moment you arrived. Way back then, we were so young. You saved me. I survived because I knew I wasn't alone. You were always there, alive, full of hope. And I tried to protect that, and I failed. I couldn't protect you. But you didn't abandon me. You didn't abandon me. And all of that, all of that field back there was looking, uh, was looking pretty good. There's no way in hell I'm going to abandon you. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, for the finale of Moon Knight on TV Podcast Industries. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. And rounding out this trio of White Knights, I am Chris. Welcome back. Um, the, the, the name of the episode is slightly contentious this week. We've got, we've got the name of it as Gods and Monsters, um, just purely from a tweet from Jeremy Slater, because it hasn't been updated on Disney Plus yet. It's still showing as episode six, but there is a title called Gods and Monsters. We're sticking with that, right? Is that okay? <laughs> uh, kaijus and uh, kaijus and more kaijus. Uh, kaijus and avatars, maybe? Kaijus and avatars. Oh, oh my God, that, that's a film I would watch. There you go. <laughs> Come on, James Cameron. You've already got five other in the bag. Give me the sixth one, Kaiju and Avatars. There you go. That could work. That could work. Well, welcome back, fellow Defenders. We hope you've been enjoying watching Moon Knight Season 1 as much as we've been enjoying podcasting about it. Yes, so much. Uh, Obviously, you got very shocked when you said the finale. I was like, the finale of TV Podcast Industries? Had no (laughs) No. one told me? No, no, no. Just just of Moon Knight. Season, series, limited run. Six episodes. It's the end of the six episodes. Let's exactly. leave it at that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it couldn't possibly be the end of TV podcast industries. Chris, this week alone, we have this finale. We have the finale of Star Trek Picard. And also, we are going back to Doctor Strange. Everything leads to Doctor Strange. We are going back to Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness in the cinema this week. Squeak. <laughs> I think you mean squee, John, rather than squeak. Uh, squeak. <laughs> that's the multiversal squeak i love it but i do hope you have subscribed to the podcast fellow defenders if you haven't subscribed just yet and you want to keep up with all the stuff that we're that we podcast about go over to tvpodcastindustries.com uh, you can subscribe to the podcast over there loads of options uh to, to catch up on all the stuff we're podcasting about uh we do have lots and lots more tv shows coming up later this year as well which you can find out uh, over on the website uh, but we'd love if you follow follow us over there without further ado let's get into our discussion about moon knight episode six gods and monsters let's call out the executive producers one more time i know you guys love that uh, executive producers for moon knight are kevin feige Luis desposito victoria alonso grant curtis brad winderbaum oscar isaac Mohammed diab and jeremy slater Wow, I was really surprised that Kevin Feige was doing this one. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Who, who knew? I'm sorry. I think they all deserve credit for a, a wonderful show. Absolutely. So, uh, so I decided to call it out every week. Um, the episode was directed by Mohamed Diab, who's directed most of the episodes for the season. Uh, the story for this episode was from Jeremy Slater. 
the co-creator or the creator of this show, along with Danielle Eman, who has been a, a writer on the show uh, throughout the season, has been has been in the writer's room the whole way through. Uh, the teleplay for this episode, also from Jeremy Slater, Peter Cameron, and Sabir Prezida, uh, who've written other episodes of the season. But overall, as we always say, when the showrunner of the show is doing your final episode of the show, it's usually a good sign, right? Definitely. <laughs> with that, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Moon Knight Episode 6, Gods and Monsters? Sure. Arthur Harrow leaves the tomb of Alexander the Great to release Amit and her judgment on the world. He is followed from the tomb by Layla. At a checkpoint on the road to Cairo, Layla looks to kill Harrow, but she is warned by Tauret, who has inhabited the body of dead soldiers, that his power is too great and she must release Khonshu so he can revive Mark Spector. At the Great Pyramid, Harrow uses Amit's power to slaughter the other Egyptian gods' avatars before releasing Amit, who chooses him to be her new avatar. At the same time, Layla finds Khonshu's Yushabti and releases him. In the vault, Layla refuses to become Khonshu's new avatar, so he confronts Amit alone, but is overpowered. Spiritually elsewhere, Mark chooses to return from the Field of Reeds to the Duat to rescue Stephen. With Tarot's help, they escape through the gates of Osiris and awaken back in their body. Khonshu senses their return and bonds with them, healing their body and restoring their powers as Moon Knight. Layla discovers from Osiris' dying avatar that Amit can be defeated if she can be bound into a mortal body, so she temporarily bonds with Tarot. Meanwhile, Harrow, his followers and Amit begin to judge the souls of everyone in Cairo. Mark, Stephen, Layla and Khonshu arrive to engage them in battle. Fighting to save the people of Cairo, Moon Knight, Mr. Knight and Layla, now as the avatar of Tauret, are eventually overpowered by Harrow, who almost kills Mark and Stephen, until they both black out and reawaken to find that they didn't brutally defeat Harrow. Mark and Layla are able to seal Amit in Harrow's body, imprisoning her again. Khonshu urges Mark to kill Harrow and Amit, but he refuses and orders Khonshu to release him and Stephen from his service. Now released, Mark and Stephen find themselves in the asylum once again, but reject it and choose to continue their new life together in Stephen's messy apartment in London. In a post credit scene, Harrow is also in London, as a patient in a psychiatric hospital. He receives a visitor and is wheeled out to a limousine, where he is met by Khonshu sitting on the back seat who orders his new avatar, Jake Lockley, Mark and Stephen's third altar, to do what they could not, execute Arthur Harrow and Amit, the devourer of the dead. Excellent. Thanks for that, John. Lots happening this episode. We had a discussion about it last week, and we weren't sure how uh, they'd be able to wrap up the story in the final episode. What do we think, before we go into our discussion about the points overall, do you think they kind of were able to nail all the story points? It's a B plus, nearly an A minus for me. There's one or two beats that I just felt just didn't land, potentially more just the way I was wanted, the way I would want it, the way I was expecting it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, it, it's still a B plus, A minus mm-hmm. kind of result for me. And it's still one of the best Disney plus shows I think about so far. Um, it's just, I think, one or two of the little small things I was just, oh, I wish I had, maybe, this. and I understand, and we'll discuss them all. Mm-hmm. What about Absolutely. yourself? Yeah, for me, I kind of, I kind of came to the realization earlier on in the week when I heard the length of the episode at, at forty three minutes and realized, well, that's half a movie that they've got a lot of time here, uh, and I think they use the time really well. They've tied up everything I could think of 
that was important for season one uh, really well in this episode. So I'm excited to talk about it. Have you have done any, any uh, thoughts on that? No, I, th- I thought they uh, kind of wrapped it up all quite nicely, really. Mm. I think there's maybe one or two elements. Um, yeah. Certainly when they're suddenly back in the asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because of that going backwards and forwards. But I, I think it was done really well. And just that it was... There was a, a really good economy of storytelling in that they told you what they wanted mm-hmm. and they showed it with kind of minimal fuss. So it was very efficient in that way, yes. uh, to be honest. It, it's kind of a bit like with movies. You know, we were talking about that recently where we watched um, Uncharted mm-hmm. and kind of comparing it to Indiana Jones. And you just realize the economy of storytelling that, Put a packed a lot of story into the writing, um, and brought about quite a, a short movie. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like you think of nineteen eighties movies, mm-hmm. they're kind of an hour and a half, and yeah. yet they seem to last a long time, and they seem to cover everything. You yeah. know, yeah. and I felt like that was in the same kind of vein. It was just really good, strong, efficient storytelling mm-hmm. yeah yeah moon, moon knight's more indiana jones than uh on charters that's a good that's yeah. a good uh, tagline for it <laughs> but like it's like like you said it's like highlander it's like mm. the original highlander it's like fx it's sneakers it's all <laughs> some of the best movies of their time all well, under or just over 90 minutes yeah exactly we've never yeah. compared notes on your top 10 movies of all time chris no, those really are on there I, I have a feeling ours will not match <laughs> no but they, for what they were they like they are cult classics yeah they may not be in my top 10 of all time but they're definitely yeah. cult classics oh good i'm only slagging chris i'm only slagging. Okay, i know uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you watch all three of those now <laughs> i've definitely seen every single one of those probably multiple times but i probably yeah. wouldn't watch them again uh in, with, with my current <laughs> eyes uh, guys i've got a new toy to play with this week and to inaugurate our new toy to play with this week uh, somebody else is going to be introducing our uh, our our full moon half moon and totally eclipse points do Excellent. it do it do, do it. it full moon <laughs> that's that's make uh from, <laughs> who is, go, is introducing our full moon point she doesn't know it don't tell her uh, that she's doing it. Uh, it, it we may is, have to pay her royalties. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is from her um, her little joke ads that she did for Full Moon, Half Moon, and Total Eclipse. Uh, so don't tell her. Um, but we are going into our full moon point, our first big point about Moon Knight, episode six, the finale of this season. Uh, our first big point. Let's wrap it in to Amet is finally free. Uh, this has been the driving force really behind Harrow throughout the season and everything that's been going on has been driving towards getting uh, Amit free and we start out the episode with effectively dead Mark Spector being stripped with of the Ushabti of uh, of Amit and Harrow accomplishing the beginning of his goals trying to reconnect with uh, Amit and trying to become her avatar um really cool opening to this uh, I like I like when the villain gets closer to their plans so you can actually see how it yeah. started to play yeah. out I love that that uh, idea in, a, in this kind of movie I have sure. one question, and it's not look. It's not a problem. It's just a question. It might be the same as mine. Why Let's couldn't he smash the 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 statue in the tomb they were in and had to mm. wait and go to inside the pyramids? Why yeah. did they have to wait inside there? That wasn't explained, or if it was, it was missed. I think it was explained later. It was, where yeah. Osiris says their greatest source of power is within the Great Pyramid. 
But that came much later because I was thinking exactly the same thing. Why didn't he release Amit and just yeah, and release Amit then? Because you get the whole change of his walking stick into yeah. half axe mm-hmm. and half walking stick, I guess. Uh, so you know, for all those uh, for all those sort of um, violent pensioners, it would work a real treat. Um, but it was. And he seemed to get some level of powering up because we even have, like later on with Tourette warning Layla, yeah. who's yeah. trying to kill him, uh, that he's, t- his, he's become too powerful and yet he doesn't become the avatar. And um, so oh, I wow. wonder whether I, I didn't quite understand yeah. that sort of, I guess, as we would say, leveling up of, of power mm-hmm. just by simply grasping the, um, the Ushabti. I think the other thing I didn't quite understand in that moment as well, when he takes the statue from from Mark, mm-hmm. is why he would leave the scarab beetle on his chest. Because I, yeah, I just didn't understand that. It, it was that whole thing of you're just giving him the means to potentially track you again. And um, if he does come back, I mean, I know he probably thinks he is definitely done and dusted and dead, Mm -hmm. but it was just those, those kind of little things I was a little bit not sure about. And it's to that point of wrapping things up or just, I I guess, um, to some extent. Yeah. For me, this was, the, the James Bond villain moment <laughs> where he's like, aha, Mr. Bond, I'm going to tell you my whole plan and then leave you to die on this overly engineered trap mm. while I close the doors and walk away and you'll never escape and you'll never come back to find me and figure it out. And it was like, All right. again, I'm making light here. I'm, I'm putting it out straight away. I really enjoyed this, like I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. plus. A minus, like some of the best TV, even like agree with Derek, what you said, it's like 44 minutes. They delivered a lot of it. It was these just little things where I'm like, okay, we talk about economy of storytelling. Mm -hmm. This was almost some of, we didn't get a Basil exposition moment. We got a short track of here's one or two story beats that we're just going to kind of make. We're going to, we're putting cheat codes to get the story from A to B in okay. certain parts. Yeah, I, I, I definitely wouldn't take it uh, to, to either of those levels. Uh, there are explanations for, for what you're talking about uh, within the episode. Um, it's very specifically said that all of the, that the major power is held within the Chamber of the Gods, um, this place that uh, Harrow is going to. The reason he's going there is to release yeah. uh, Amos, so he has to go there to do that. They have to then take Harrow back there in order to bind him back to, Har- back to uh, Amos as well. And that's why... Layla has to go there to release Conchu as well. So this is their big center of power. So that's why he doesn't break it uh, at that moment when he finds it. But remember the staff that he has, that he holds, the reason why it has any power at all is because it's an artifact connected to Amit. So I'm giving the story the credit here. Probably I'm, I'm adding a little bit to it here, but the fact that he's now in possession of, yeah, so uh, it's just of Amit, that it's, it's kind of 
enhancing his abilities yeah. in, no, in that, that makes moment. sense uh, but you're right it is really cool the the uh the changing over into that into that axe with, yeah, yeah. with this moving crocodile head now as well it's really cool mm. change over to this uh to to what looks like a formed cane and it's now got this big power center to it it's really cool in terms of the scarab and we had a quick chat about this earlier on and again it was one of those ones where i was thinking i can see why harrow would leave it behind he's basically this he 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 doesn't think of Mark as being his enemy, as such. He he stood in his way. He tried to get Mark on his side. Tried to get Mark to join him. Harrow thinks that he's completely in the right. He doesn't think of himself as the villain. Remember, so it almost seems as a sign of respect. The quest has ended to find Amit. The only purpose of that scarab is to find Amit. So if he carries it with him, what's going to happen is it's effectively going to fly over his head constantly for the next uh, hour or so when they're on the journey. <laughs> so he's going to going right, put it to rest, put it as a sign of respect to my yeah. uh, to my foe here who who I've bested on the field of battle. No, as I say, it was um, just those little things where in the moment yeah. of watching the episode, I was like, why is he doing that? Mm. Because you know that Mark and Stephen are going to come back. Mm-hmm. Of we course, do, yeah. <laughs> Harrow doesn't know that at all. He doesn't know of all the spiritual shenanigans going mm. on with Tower S and all that in yeah. the field of reeds and in the duat. So he has no idea that that would be a plan in this moment. He is savoring his victory after two bullets yeah. into the chest of, of Mark Spector. I do find it slightly funnier, actually, that uh, even though he knows Layla is is here he's seen her he's had a conversation with her when the noise goes whenever he's has bowed down and and uh, is willing to heal the world then a noise goes in the background of her cracking the neck of one of his followers effectively and just kind of raises his eyes but then walks on and moves out of the yeah. place he doesn't uh, doesn't go and investigate <laughs> that's why you should always keep a register even you know <laughs> even as the leader of you know a dubious cult and um, you need to keep a register of mm-hmm. all those attending <laughs> um, so that you know when you've lost someone to the, the good guys trying to get you. Actually, Don't forget that's... to microchip your henchmen. In the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a point, though. They did lose a lot of henchmen going in here. Remember, they were yeah. all, they almost had an entire village above the tomb of, of Alexander. They've lost most of those people, and they just fitted to two cars, basically, so two or, <laughs> two or three vans. So they have lost quite a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so maybe his tracking system is playing up. <laughs> and and given what transpires, I wonder whether there are enough um, followers, at least mm. in Cairo, to go around and hold everyone's wrists oh, in order yeah. to get the, the balance. Um, but uh, to Amit um, coming alive and breaking free, I loved the design of, of <sighs> Amit. I uh, yes. really, really did. And mm-hmm. it, it's kind of strange, isn't it, with Amit and with Tauret? Uh, just the contrast because they're so colourful compared mm. to Konshu. I guess it's why Stephen calls him an old bird. Just it's almost like you know he, he's the pensioner of the Egyptian gods. He's he's just wearing sort of the subdued colours now. <laughs> I, I know it's the moon. Yeah, I know he's looking. It's because he's the the moon god, and it, it's it's you know the pale white of mm. the moon. But just the in contrast of the colour. Uh, and richness of Amis uh, mm-hmm. compared to the pale moonshine of of Konshu. Yes. I thought it was really, really good. But um, I, I loved how this played out. And of course, yeah. one of our theories that Osiris was somehow involved with um, mm. Harrow, that pact, 
completely wrong. Absolutely. And because Harrow takes out the the avatars of the gods mm-hmm. that are in the great hall in in the uh, the great pyramid. So um, yeah. They, they they weren't in league with with him at all. Yeah. Um, they were as surprised um, as anyone else, I guess, in that situation. Yeah, I think that was one of those ones that that everybody really read into the fact that if you call them gods, then they must be like our version of God, which is they're they're omnipotent. They have uh, they have a vision of everything that's going on. I think we even made a comment before: how could they possibly know? How, how could they not know what was going on with Harrow? And how could they release him? And I think here it's a little bit clearer. Um, they get a bit of a warning that something's going on. That's why all of the avatars are called to this chamber of the gods. Um, they don't know exactly what's going on. They they know that someone's trying to free Amit, but they don't know exactly what's happening. They're just being called there because there's a disturbance in the force. Let's say it's Star Wars Day today as we're recording, so uh, so that's a little Star Wars reference for you. That's that's what it kind of feels like. The gods know something is going on. Get their avatars together and send them to this place uh, to protect, uh, to, to yeah. try and protect Abbott from being freed. I guess is the way you, you put it, right? Yeah, and then they literally get there just in the nick of, oh no, there's Hamlet. Mm. Literally, as he comes in and wipes them off. Yeah, the this planet. one kind of annoyed me. Um, how quickly he dispatches of all these uh, of, of all the avatars. And we did mention before, none of them are, are avatars of vengeance like Moon Knight, so they're not particularly inspired by fighting. But I did think that the the avatar of Osiris, particularly, I thought he was throwing up a big shield. That's what the last thing we see him do, and then it cuts away and cuts back, and they're all lying on the floor, effectively yeah. killed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is to the point where you probably wouldn't take the gods at face value if they asked you to become an avatar, because you would be <laughs> expecting a bit more powered upness yeah. uh, mm. if you were, you know politely asked to to become their avatar uh so yeah it, it was all i i felt it was a little weird that they were dispatched so quickly yeah but yeah. then i guess it, it's it's as you say it's to what their power they're not armored up they haven't got weapons yeah. in the same way but certainly those that do such as we see later with um moon knights back mm-hmm. in the picture um can deal or delay at least Harrow a lot better, yeah. uh, but Harrow then is also an avatar, exactly. And um, so again, maybe another enhancement to his powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and look, it's a minor quibble. Let's put it that way. Quibble. Like again, I think they spent a lot of the uh, FX budget on uh, the this kaiju episode. battles yeah. and the battles later. Yeah. So I think this was kind of like, hey, we can put loads of explosions here, or we can do this. And it's like, all right, we'll do a fade to black here and cut to it later. Um, for me, it's just, I'm, I'm curious now. So we do see that um, the rest of the quorum of the gods are no more. Like their avatars are no more. So mm-hmm. the gods no longer have avatars. So that does leave a nice potential storyline for next season. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is one. And we, if, if it comes ever, question mark. But yeah, fair, fair point. Um, the other part is as well, uh, there is a, a number of other stone-trapped gods who are uh, potentially no longer uh, uh, in their form. So what What if a stone statue falls off a shelf mm-hmm. and then is smashed on by collapsing rubble? Does that still free the, uh, a trapped god? These are questions I have. Yeah. Because later, that whole pyramid 
that whole tomb, that whole um, chamber Mm -hmm. and the subsequent surrounding chambers are uh, demolished to a degree. So the room where Khonshu is freed from, and not just Amit is freed, but Khonshu is freed. Mm -hmm. um, This, that whole, there is a number, what we saw, we saw a a, a large number of other statues. Chris was almost giving away one of our, uh, one of our pub quiz questions there. I'm forgetting about that. That is one of the pub quiz questions, but he's not going to do it. We we say a large number. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think you're right. Like I I was really surprised uh, that, that we didn't get a moment where Layla smashed open uh, the rest of the, of the Ushabti to, to aid herself with more, yeah. uh, with more gods and possibly more avatars that they would, yeah. uh, they would bring on board. But we'll, we will be going into the battle later on. I do think the battle works really well yes. with just between the two gods and the avatars of of those two Definitely. gods uh, overall. So I'm kind of glad they didn't complicate it because that's I yes. think a real compliment I'll give to this episode. They didn't overcomplicate anything. It felt like they were telling the story they wanted to tell without throwing in extra bells and whistles that didn't really need to be there. But I do get your point. That's definitely something that they could pick up in future if they wanted to do that. Maybe one of the gods got freed in that moment and that's a god that we see come back in future. Well, that's it. And I mean, I think that's also the skill of writing Mm -hmm. to to TV because ultimately with with this miniseries, with this series Mm -hmm. of Moon Knight, we have six episodes. You know, it's a double movie yeah. in effect and and the pacing of that we say you know can be can be slower they can go deeper mm-hmm. into more characterization and so on but there's also that need to realize when you need to 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 pace it faster yeah and so i think they've judged it absolutely superbly mm-hmm. in in these six episodes um including this one so yeah, yeah i i think uh that they 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 just told the story. They didn't get bogged down in the you know getting from Field of Dreams and the Duat to uh, Osiris's door uh, and and all that kind of thing. Like they mm-hmm. could have done as to why did the door open? Did yeah. the Avatar do something there to let you know to inform Osiris to let it open or or all those kind of things? You know, Hippo to the rescue. Um, and so on with okay. the uh, you know stopping the the tidal wave of sand uh, from enveloping them. Well, that's basically our next point. I think we're probably done with Ames being free uh, as our as our initial point. We'll come back to Amet, I'm sure, uh, in our later point as the as the story progresses. But uh, let's let May again take us on to our uh, our second point. Hoffman. I hope she doesn't mind that I not only did I steal her voice, but I'm now calling her by her first name as well. Uh, <laughs> first name terms yes our half moon point the scarlet scarab avatar of Tuares. so um lots going on in this episode for Layla um and lots going on with Tuareth. let's talk about it all within this point here so John you're already mentioning a little bit about uh, the return of Mark and Stephen from uh, from the afterlife from uh, the field of reeds and from the Duat we talk about that here with uh, the help of Tuareth yeah, I mean, I I love this hippo. Um, She's amazing. You know, <laughs> it, it's although you know, don't don't get to to love them in the wild because they'll probably uh, chew you up and spit you out uh, quite quickly yes. in, in the old river. Yes, but um, I love this hippo. hippo. Really, just so good. I loved kind of just everything about it. it it's it's when she asks um, Layla to become her avatar. And Layla's like, 
just temporary though. Mm-hmm. You know, she knows the the issues with Conshu and Mark. Yep. And she says, Oh yes, of course, you know, and I love that she almost gives the game away of um, Layla being in there by uh, coming in and squeaking yeah. really happily because there, <laughs> there's Layla. Yeah. I love the touching moment that about her father that you know she helped him to the field of reeds, mm-hmm. telling yes. um, uh, Layla that her dad have, ha, has gone to heaven, yeah. not being consumed by the the sands of the Duat. And so th- this felt very core here for me you know Mm -hmm. quite emotional uh with this and then obviously the kick-ass um suit of the the scarlet scarab as Mm -hmm. well and so just i know i'm kind of running through the 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 points here but it's just kind of just (laughs) really really enjoyed that and her rescuing mark and steve and from from the duet in in particular (laughs) Uh, where you're supposed to start yeah where effectively you know she she just does you know a, a sailing move mm. uh, you know not only a hippo but a good sailor as well. Yeah, I, I must say I really like that. That's I'm going to take a little bit more of of Mark and Stephen at the beginning. I really like that because last episode we ended where you could have ended the entire show. You ended yes. with yeah, uh, Mark separated from Stephen. Stephen now gone and Mark in the field of reeds effectively. But he makes that choice to go back for Stephen. It's not right if he gets to go on to the afterlife and Stephen's stuck in sand forever and makes that decision. But uh, Torad's calling after him going, um, you will never be able to come back here. If you go now, this is your own one and only time to be in the field of reeds. If you don't, uh, if you leave now, you can't come back, but yeah. Mark pays no mind and goes on. Um, on my second watch, I worked out the full flow of how this scene works effectively. So Osiris has lost his avatar um, and he opens the gates to allow Stephen and Mark to go back through. Um, that's why they're they're allowed to go back through. Mark and Stephen are freed from the sand at that point because the door is opened up beside them. Um, if you remember last time, they literally were just at the gate, turned the boat just beforehand. So that's why Stephen is so close to it. But again, this is all happening in Mark's mind, and he's the one that's creating this this uh, vision of the place or this version of the place that he's seeing. So yeah, absolutely. It's also the difference in circumstances in that. Cyrus's avatar has just been attacked in the Great Pyramid, yeah. so is alerted to the danger. Exactly, and um, because you know, we, we the previous uh, episode, Tarot says, even just getting to those doors, you'd have to convince Osiris yes. to do it. And now it's you know, alarm bells are going, mm-hmm. uh, the the red lights are, are flashing. <laughs> And it's Osiris is like, yes, you know, this is a route to um, both dealing with the threat of Amit and and her avatar. Exactly, exactly. Um, then the next bit that I just wasn't sure of, I had no idea what this wave of sand was um, that was coming after them. But effectively, Osiris has opened the doors to let them through, but the Duat's not willing to let them go because the Duat has captured them. The, the Duat is, is what's yeah. pulling them down and they're supposed to be there forever, effectively. That's what was happening all last episode was the sand was trying to trap them before they got to the field of reeds. And now when they're about to escape, that's why it's coming out. So that cool move from Tuara to stop the sand uh, in her ship is to block the Duat from getting them, which I kind of I, I kind of love the, uh, the, the way that was told um, when watching it yeah. through this time. I think the other thing as well about this whole scene, just as Tarek is speaking with with Mark in the field of reeds, mm-hmm. and he's saying it's so quiet, 
And she's saying, well, this is what you've been missing. You're manifesting it. So it's also about what Mark is manifesting at that yeah, moment, exactly. about this reality mm-hmm. within the spiritual plane mm-hmm. uh, of his continued existence. So, yeah. And the whole season is about the manifestation of, of reality and the differences of that mm-hmm. in, in that sense. So I thought that was really a nice line that yeah. really added uh, again just more to this and ultimately you can manifest quite a lot of things i guess if you're in a spiritual plane mm-hmm. like that so that that's why they could be closer you know yeah, yeah. so exactly exactly i for me it was just touching it's this silence and as you said john it's that point where tourette is saying this is what you wanted. This is mm. your heaven. Silence, peace, stillness, just that is you. That is what you want. And mm-hmm. he's willing to give, his heart is full. So he's willing to stay there as this yeah. with his full heart. And then he goes, no, that's not fair on Stephen. And what we see then is later at the, I'm going to jump. The very last scene is the two of them able to communicate in unison now. Yeah. They're they're on the same page. So what we see is almost siblings. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. gone from it's gone from noise. So it turns out Mark was aware of Stephen there in the background of parts as well. So there was always this just constant noise of the other altars, which we now know is more than one. Mm-hmm. So now we're saying that he's accepted. They have like Essentially, it's very. I think it's the Lemire. No, it's not Jeff Lemire. Lemire run. One of the comic book runs, and there some of the the more the more hardcore Mark Mark Spector Moonlight fans will be able to kind of fully kind of correct me on this. But it's, it's essentially where he, him and his alters come together and come to the realization and kind of join forces mm. and basically become a become a single working organization let's yeah. call it that. yeah the we are moon night uh, moment as it's yes the to. we are moon night exactly yeah. uh, this felt like by the two of them sitting and grasping that hand and the single heart mm-hmm. so basically that's what i was trying to figure yeah. out it was like what the oh he places his full heart yeah in their palms a half his half marks half marks half seasons exactly yes and they then become one and they are able to pull each other through mm-hmm. the gates of Osiris. Yeah. And that's where last week's episode has just created a monumental shorthand for dealing with that mm-hmm. really quickly, easily, but still with the depth and the emotion. And that's the great thing about the writing from this episode. Yeah. Um, and linked with the previous one, which was much more, sort of specific and a bit more um you know well less less action in a sense more mm-hmm. exposition more um sort of developing that that quite intimate dynamic between the two identities exactly and and here uh, it gives it um this scene as you described chris just great shorthand in mm-hmm. terms of that uh, let alone adding in the heart 
which I didn't actually see in place in the middle. So I, mm. so I immediately, yeah. so one, once you see it there, I just, I just thought it, it had appeared oh, okay. um, rather than had been placed there by by Mark. Mm. Um, so I didn't realize he took that with him when yeah. he went to the, the field of, of reeds. Um, but yeah, I, I must say I would go stir crazy in a field of reeds that was just pure silence. Um, <laughs> I would hope that they, I could, you know, the field of reeds would be able to be turned into a field of rave and glow sticks. And then that would probably be, that would be all right. That'd be your afterlife. That'd be your afterlife. It's just a version of an afterlife channel and it needs quiet. That's, that's probably all it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, let's get back to uh, the Scarlet Scarab as we're, as we're calling Layla now. Uh, well done, Chris, uh, for yeah! your, uh, your call on this last week. Yeah. I was very happy that I wasn't completely misreading the situation. Um, when when she took now different origin, but they fully called it out with the little girl going, yeah. "Are you Egypt's prote- superhero?" And she goes, "I am," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Cool, there they've just made the Scarlet Scarab," and I am very happy with that. We have a Captain America. We now have the Scarlet Scarab, which is essentially Captain Egypt, um, yeah. where we we, <laughs> pretend, we we have a multiversal Captain Britain, yeah, um, in um, Captain Carter. So we are getting potentially closer closer to what was in the Ultimates comic book run where there was a Captain Spain, Captain Britain, Captain mm. Egypt, Captain Africa. Could be cool. <laughs> um I look the the oh my god, her outfit was just That's great. Like Toette going, I have an idea for a costume. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, it's gonna be like one of those terrible I dream of genie moments where she's just, I thought it was going to go really cliche and then have that kind of joke where not a chance. And then it becomes a bit more superhero. Right. But straight up just, I was like, Oh, okay. It looks like a very, looks like an armored um, kind of uh, priestess uh, outfit. And then the wings come and Mm. I was like, Oh, Oh, wings with swords on them. Oh oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like clapping away and I'm like, wonder woman has nothing right now that is just like that is the golden wonder woman outfit times 10 they kind of figured out how to make it look a bit better and in my opinion just ran with it it does look really cool and it makes loads of sense you know it's finally starting to take away that uh the constant joke about the mcu and and the marvel comic universe as well which is so new york centric you know it took a long time to get characters even out of new york for to to be created and people added for different countries of course if you're going to spend most of your time in egypt and have an egyptian character definitely set them up as a superhero um layla's cool here she's really she really works really well as this new avatar yeah. for for Tarot. the uh, the ability she has, we have seen her fighting style earlier on in the season. It doesn't seem to be massively escalated, other than she has more power available to her. Yeah. So, uh, so I like that. It doesn't seem like it's a huge jump to see her in this outfit being this uh, this avatar for for Tarot, uh, like it could have been for another character who didn't have the same kind of impetus to the character built in uh, throughout the previous episode. So, so happy to see Layla there and. Uh, I like that it's she's the temporary avatar, um, yep. but we don't see the end of that relationship. It's not like nope. she hands back the suit or Taurat ends the relationship there. Temporary just means for as long as I'd like to do it, right? So yep. uh, so we could absolutely see uh, Layla in the future uh, in this exact same. That'd be awesome. In the future. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, uh, I, I I think it's brilliant, and I her as you said, her fighting style, her her flying, her pretty much like saving that kid, and kind of saving a lot of the the the, the population mm. of Cairo was cool, and it was fun to see. Speaking of strange powers and thing like that, I have a question: Did Moonlight fly, or did he just jump? <laughs> well, yes. That's... Is he fl- is he jumping and gliding, mm. or is he at now flying? There For I say. Any of our new listeners, uh, if you go back all the way to the Defenders TV podcast, mm-hmm. way back in the day, Jessica Jones, we used to have a question: Is she jumping or is she flying? And I am asking that exact same question here with Moonlight. Paul, please. I have literally written in my notes, uh, Moon Knight fly slash glides. Um, it's, it's what I've got written in here. Uh, it, was re- it was really <laughs> funny. I was, I was laughing because there is in the comic books, uh, Moon Knight has a helicopter that he travels around yeah. in. And he's got his moon copter that he travels around in. There's almost a moment in the shape of that when he's, when he's flying that it looks similar in shape to the moon yeah. copter. Um, but I, I, I was trying to weigh it up. We were talking about it literally as we watched the episode going, have they just created a superhero that flies in the Marvel Universe? Yeah. What other superhero flies under their own power? And we couldn't think of anybody. I guess it's Captain Marvel, um, but she's powered by an Infinity Stone, effectively. Yeah, so. and she's kind of got, you know, sort of the jet trails, because, yeah. like, this was, there was nothing to show how he was propelling um, himself, propelling himself yeah. along. Like, and because of the the the, the sequence of his silhouette, on on the moon mm-hmm. um which again i loved mm-hmm. i loved that loved the shape uh-huh. um i thought it was just it. A, i just thought it was going to be a <laughs> very very long grapple hook that uh sort of <laughs> was pulling him to cairo uh, and certainly when we saw the grapple hook uh being used in the fight mm-hmm. so yeah i was wondering yeah i guess grapple hook and glide which yes lead, leads to other possible questions mm-hmm yeah, so for me, it was it looked like there was a bit of dust kind of gathering super Superman style at his feet right. when he jumped. This is kind of the question I had, because it looked like he was doing that kind of Superman, Man of Steel first flight, um, kind of there was little bits of dust gathering before he jumped. Mm. Don't start to like, bring DC oh, into this now. Don't okay, start to bring okay, DC into uh-huh. this. When he put this, he whipped out the cape. I was like, okay, so it's essentially just a big jump and he's going to glide all this way. And then the only thing that made me question it was when the cape then whipped back in the back Mm -hmm. and he was literally just like torpedoing. I was like, okay, you just need to explain that at some point. I like the idea of jumping and gliding. Essentially like he has Kanchu, Kanchu base kind of, it's like a fastball special. Mm -hmm. Kanchu is just throwing him in the air. He's just gliding in this range of Colossus and Wolverine from the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I just it was a one I was like, huh? Uh, so let's talk about Conchu. Let's talk about Mark and Moon Knight and then Mr. Knight and Stephen coming back because we do get that cool scene where essentially Mark's body comes back up and you see the ting ting of the bullets kind yeah. of reforming out and you mm. see band the Moon Knight outfit kind of come back again around uh around mark yes you do and i think just one of the things i wanted to call out here is we talked about the origin story of moon knight being told in the last episode and we were wondering about that whole thing of mark crawling up half dead or dying 
uh, into the chamber of Moon Knight and then attempting to kill himself but being pulled back from the brink by Khonshu, whereas here he is literally being brought back to life by Khonshu. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing that on screen. We're seeing him being brought back to life um, in that moment. And then, yeah, the the suit being attached again. That's, it's yeah. so cool. God, I have to say this is the best looking version of the transformation into the Moon Knight yes. suit that we've seen this season for me. I thought, I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah, it really did. And mm. you, there's the Khonshu spiel as well about yep. becoming his um, fist of vengeance mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. Moon Knight. And he also kind of intimates on that to Layla as well when mm-hmm. he's asking her or when she thinks he's asking her to be uh, his avatar as well. So yeah. um, I guess that's where the magic comes in, in terms yeah. of that. Yeah, it has to, it has to be that, that particular yeah. phrase, yeah. exactly. And I love that we get a great pause moment there from Stephen as well. When they all get yes. the pirates back, we are now Moon Knight again. And Stephen goes, right, how's, how's the deal going to work now? Right, <laughs> yeah. So let's just sit down. I know, I know you need me. I know you need the Fist of Khonshu. So it's the perfect time to negotiate, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel that's almost the position that Oscar Isaac's in right now. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's now seen the reaction of people to Moon Knight at the TV show. He can now make his decision as to whether he wants to come back for four times the uh, the, the, the <laughs> money that they paid him for the first season. If they really want him back and they really want to do more with Moon Knight, uh, let's sit down now and make this deal uh, before you announce that we're getting a season two or I'm in whatever movie coming up. Yeah. This for me was just one of the funniest moments because this started then cementing the the the, the flips back and forth. Yeah. Not just of Stephen and Mark, but mm-hmm. the Mr. Knight and Moon Knight kind of co- and I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Like and later on they can do a mid like if we get another film or whenever we see Moon Knight again, they can do a mid fight literally mid punch change mm-hmm. and they'll show that on a kind of screen that's that true be, they like, were close be able. yeah they were close to that for sure mm-hmm. yeah. um, absolutely because well, that was one of uh the parts of the fight which was great absolutely speaking of which we are going on to our third point for the episode our total eclipse <laughs> full mouthed uh, may collab away uh, saying total clips there. <laughs> yes our title clips point for the episode is a battle of gods and monsters the battle that's going on here between Amit Khonshu and the avatars of them as well so let's talk about the fight itself because it does form a really big portion of this episode uh, yep. and I, I, as I said this seems um to be written really well there's lots of great movement going on you see lots of use of each of the powers of of the avatars here we've seen mark fight as moon knight before we've seen a little bit of steven as uh, as mr knight before but now we have steven with his abilities his brand new skill set as he says that he wants to show off he's cool i, I yeah. love mr knight's fighting style i love that he's got that little bit more uh, brutality with the batons that are going on i love that moon knight's got his gadgets that are going on and i love scarlet scarab Layla. i love her abilities with her combining this uh this this jumping flying type uh type style yeah. with the weapons that she's now got and Definitely. her her uh shields that she's creating with the two wings is is cool to love that. Yeah, I I thought the the fighting was just really good and I think just having the backdrop as well I think you get in one of them of um Konshu mm-hmm. and Amis as well sort of supersized um was was just really 
really good. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, even just seeing Amit, you know, because she has the head of a crocodile. Mm-hmm. It was great seeing her use that because actually she seemed quite restrained up till that point. But when she got into the fight, um, she was, you know, happy to use the 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 biting chops of the the yeah, crocodile absolutely. Uh, using Conchu's staff uh, against him as well so yeah. that was all really really nicely done yeah, and used um, her tail as well uh, to and, knock, and the to tail knock down, and to, to capture Conchu to yeah. knock him down to keep him down underneath her yeah loads so of stuff it was really really well done uh, and in in the fight to what you were saying before about having and I think that would probably just sort of notch it up to 11 for me but i think we were at a, a solid 10 here mm. with um mr knight fighting with um harrow goes into a, a small shop that's got computer screens mm. and harrow chucks him out and then it's moon knight that comes out of the other shop that yeah. he's been chucked into so i thought that was just i loved that with the grapple gun actually yeah. that harrow dodges mm. so I really thought that sequence was just superb. I mean, the whole sequence, but that uh, I just really liked because of that change. And yeah. I, as, as you say, Chris, I think having the change happening maybe in, in mid throwing a punch or something mm. um, would the, be pretty awesome. Yeah, but there's so many great little movements. If you watch that fight, there's so many great. And, and from the moment that they switch over, um, we mentioned them flying into Cairo. There's a moment when... Moon Knight's flying in, picks up Harrow. Harrow gets a hold of his cape. So Mark turns into Mr. Knight so that Harrow loses his grip on his cape. Yep. Like how cool is yep. that just to think yep. about it when, when they're doing these movements? A- another great transition moment where we have uh, Mr. Knight throwing his baton at Harrow. Harrow bounces it off a wall and it's and it's Moon Knight that catches yeah, it no, exactly. on the other end. Just all these great switches of everything that's going on here. So it's, it is like three people fighting at the same time yeah. against Harrow. Love it. Yeah. yeah, it was superb. And they've both got the high knee as well because you have that nice silhouette on the side of the, the pyramid where Moon Knight uses his raised knee into Harrow. Mm-hmm. You yeah. see that again being utilised by Mr. Knight yep. um, in the fight um, in the streets of Cairo, mm-hmm. which was yep. really good. Yeah, I look at the... the- the, the fight for me was, the, the, as you said, it takes over a large proportion of the ending of the episode or the, the last, whatever, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it, for me, it was fun because it was just that it's the, the, the culmination of this. It's the acceptance of Mark and Stephen as a singular entity, as one, and being able not in competition, but in unison. Yeah. And you see that, and you see it with their style. And now that Mark or Mr. Knight has his, has his skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's showing off and it's just, it all combines. Yeah. And that leads then to the final blackout. Yes. I think we have a uh, kind of contentious point here, I guess, yes. with, uh, with uh, amongst TV podcast industry. So I'll, I'll go first on this one. Cause I think um, I, I'm the most positive on this, on this moment. Um, effectively, it's a no-win situation that we seem to have um, Mark and Stephen in, along with Layla. She's uh, she's attached to a car. Um, she can't get away from uh, get away from that in order to uh, to get to Harrow. And Harrow has Moon Knight dead to rights. Let's say that's both Stephen and Mark. Yeah. Then we have a blackout moment, and Mark wakes back up, surrounded by bodies, as we've seen multiple times throughout the season. Yeah. There's been a blackout. Somebody else has taken over. 
he asks Stephen, and Stephen goes, definitely wasn't me, mate. <laughs> There's no way I could have done this. <laughs> so both of them aware now of this other identity, both of them aware somebody else took over and finished off Harrow on their yeah. behalf, effectively. But none of us got to see them, except for Layla, who has uh, who has seen uh, well, we can call him Jake now, right? Because we know by the end of the episode. Yes, exactly. We can say Jake. I love this because we got enough fighting. We had a really great fight sequence here between, as we already mentioned, Mark Stephen and uh, and Layla versus Harrow, plus the massive kaiju battle that's going on between yeah. Amit and uh, and Kanshu. So call back to what they've done throughout the season here. Call back to those moments where things didn't appear on screen. It's it's a great usage of something that they created for this show specifically, I thought. That's why I liked this scene. If we didn't have the post-credit sequence, I would have been really annoyed. But we did, so fine. Um, so for me, really happy with this because it's it ties into how the show has gone so far. What do you guys think of it? I, I'm already telling, uh, telling our listeners that you probably weren't on the same page as me. What did you think of it overall? Well, I mean, in the moment watching it, I was like... I can't believe they didn't show Jake. Right. Um, and I was really disappointed. Mm-hmm. And to your point in reverse, the fact that they showed Jake Lockley in, in the post credits, then I was like, fine. Mm-hmm. Jake needed to be shown um, and not just hinted at or, yeah. or shown through, but not identified properly. Totally agree. He needed to be identified properly because Hint, 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 uh, all the way through this series. Yeah. So um, I was like, going, I can't believe they just did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, uh, the fact that we got the post credit, then I'm going, fine. That's absolutely perfect. And that's probably the reason why they did it. Because as you say, it's consistent with what they've shown previously yeah. in terms of the blackout and, and the sudden switch. And, um, and they're able to to show Jake. Yeah. What did you say, Chris? So I'm disappointed. And again, this is probably what dropped it from like an A plus down. Um, essentially, and there was one other piece as well, but essentially for me, this was, we had seen this, I'm using the term trick in the sense of the, the story trick, mm-hmm. right? So basically the, it's almost the fade to black. And I understand that I'm like you, if they had, we hadn't have got Jake, it would have been even worse, but it was the, what I would have liked is the fade out of Mark on this and Stephen on this. Mm-hmm. And then from the point of view of Layla, we see Jake and the viciousness. This is a 16 in the UK and Ireland. This is a 16 plus age limit show, not TVMA, not mature or anything like that. Not 18 plus. So it still allows some of that. So what you could have got is Layla's point of view on this, the veracity and the oh, ferociousness have, yeah. of of Jake yeah. in silhouette form. You don't need to see the blood and all that. No. I thought that could have been, because then you tease the third suit, you tease, because I'm going to set this yeah. up. I think, so in the comic books, there is another, has been, it has been shown, I'm not giving away too much, there is another Fist of Conscience. The, the left fist to the right fist yeah. of mm-hmm. Moonlight, if you want to call it that. A guy called Hunter Moon. Yeah. 
I think that's what Jake is going to be. I think mm-hmm. Jake is going to be the Hunter Moon-esque. It's going to be a, a, the, the black to the white Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. The, the, a, a dark kind of suited version. And I thought that's what they would do. or Because then it would just be silhouetted, right? So you would see a silhouette. They show, because here what we have is essentially that final, gotcha. And I'm like, cool, but I don't know what you got unfortunately because we're missing that we still get a lot of the culmination which is good if it had finished on that i would have been more but we still got the culmination we still got the dragging off to the the chamber of the gods and then the remainder i just feel and again i'm within the first 24 hours two viewing so i still feel i'm still quite this was great yay it's the and I'm like kind of pumped from that. So the mm. adrenaline is still going. It's just I feel and I'm using too strong of a term. So I'm hoping Derek can give me a better term. Uh-huh. Cheated. Oh right. I, <laughs> okay. I really want oh, okay. I re it's too strong of a term, but yeah. it's like I wanted to see that culmination. I can't think of a better word. It, it's like missed opportunity or um a a what, Derek? It's not cheated is too strong, way too yeah. strong of a term, but it's the term that's like popping because of the adrenaline. It's, it's something like, that you wanted to see, and I get that, yeah. but but I do think it gives them loads of opportunities here as well. So I mentioned yes. my, my big reason why I loved it is simply this ties into how Moon Knight, the story to- has been told throughout the season. If you did it, if you do it once more, you do it with Jake. And we've seen Jake at the end of the episode. We know who what he's like now, or at least this version of a, a good a good indication of what he's going to be like in the future. But this gives him great opportunity. If we're going to have Moon Knight appear on the big screen in a massive movie in the future, and we have the ability to create a brand new Moon Knight suit for this big screen that doesn't look like Mark's suit or the Mr. Knight suit, you give that over to another director that's going to be doing a movie in the future, and you may have a completely different looking Moon Knight in the future. And they've they've mm. laid it out so they can do that. I'm not saying that's the reason why they did it, but I think the choice here to tie it back into the rest of the story is great because again, I I didn't need to see more brutality on the screen. I got a great fight there. It skipped, and we know that it's Jake. And by the end of the episode, that's all been revealed. It's all clear exactly what happened there. Layla's the only person that saw the actual fight and I and she doesn't have a conversation about it afterwards so yeah, she doesn't no. she just knows it wasn't Mark and knows it wasn't Stephen but it sets up stuff and allows stuff to be used in the future that's that's probably yeah. why I liked it I, I I agree with you on that for sure um but I had the initial same reaction I know it's yeah. dealing in hypotheticals uh because we we know how the show happens so I mean but if they had teased, if if Jake Lockley, if they had done him there and then and shown it, yeah. I would not have wanted it to have been his silhouette because that would have just been another tease. And we've already had the tease, even though he's in yeah. a, a sarcophagus. I, I don't want to see it through Layla's eyes. I want to see it through Jake Lockley's eyes as another identity of yeah. um, of uh, both with Mark and, and with Stephen. So... It's either they did what they did, or they go all in and show the the, the suit and the the up close, you know, fighting and so on. But ultimately, we got to see the full reveal, the non the non tease by having him with his cap, sans moustache, and yeah. you know, 
in in the post credit. So I'm I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, I'm more than happy, and I, I think then I also you know, think you you add a massive wrinkle to the story if you bring in Jake Lockley here. Given that Mark and Stephen don't know who he is, you have to suddenly deal with it. Yeah, exactly. You have to have a conversation with. Lele has to have a conversation with Mark and Stephen about who he is and how he's been hiding for all these years when he was created. Yeah. That opens up that whole story, which is all left there on the table for somebody who wants to take it if they want to do a season yeah. two, if they want to do yeah, another movie, exactly. but by knowing this other identity is here, but revealing the detail of who he is by the end of the episode, you don't have to go into all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. You're absolutely entitled to the opinion. Uh, yes. Of, no, like I course. said, look, it's just, it's, mm. it's a, this plus the, the the no title card basically brings it from a hundred percent, a hundred from an eleven to a nine point five. It is still some of the best ends we've gotten a long time. Mm. It's still some of the best TV we've gotten a long time. Mm-hmm. So I am not. It is basically I am nitpicking at the fact where I'm just like mm. slightly disappointed. Like and again, I, I I fully called out that my use of the word cheated is hyperbole <laughs> and because of adrenaline and everything else yeah. like that yeah. by the, the a better term is kind of slightly disappointed but overall very satisfied yeah yay i think straight off the bat this morning when i watched the episode i think the only thing i tweeted out afterwards other than i really enjoyed it was um i hope everybody sees that post-credit scene before they make any kind of yes. judgment on the episode because if you make a judgment before that post-credit scene you probably will be massively disappointed that yeah. that they teased and teased and teased and then it didn't pay off but the fact that it did pay off uh, i'm really glad because i'm sure there are people out there that haven't watched that post-credit scene lots of people live tweet their thoughts yeah uh, or live uh, do their live reactions and i would say at that very moment right at the end of it, where they go oh not again they still didn't show jake that an opportunity to do it uh, yeah no definitely but with with that reversal of fortune mm. here where harrow ends up being on the floor where where mark has just been we have mark and layla encanting and effectively locking Amit into the mortal body of of, of harrow mm-hmm. and we yeah. have the you know conshu the the dubious godly dealer here mm-hmm. as well uh looking for them to kill harrow and yeah. in doing so by extension killing uh and, and wiping out amit and here is where you know that they 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 deal in that the, the, they deal their chips to get the money back you know it's releases they make the choice yeah. not to do it sort of prompted by by Layla here. Exactly. Um, and it's massive growth for the character of Mark here. You know, we, we yeah. saw his backstory back in, in the last episode and the, the overriding feeling from Mark is that he's ashamed and he's uh, feels guilty about the things that he's done in his past. He's the one that walked in and the, and saw all the death that he created over the years. He remembers every single person he's killed. So that, that stuff has weighed on him for so long. Can't you use that to get him to become his avatar in the first place? Yeah. So when we see Layla saying to him here, you are free. Here's a moment for you to make a choice and walk away. And Mark takes that choice and says to Kanshu, you know, we've just seen him battle, as he said, a kaiju battle between him and Ahmed. He could absolutely kill Harrow if he wants to kill him, but he wants to give another thing on the side of the scales to keep Mark down, to keep Mark tied to yeah, him. Effectively. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, 
So I, I love that movement again. Really good economy of storytelling from uh, to tie it in this week that this this uh, big decision is Mark's decision because he has changed by accepting his himself. And of course, with that decision, you see mm. the release from Conchute's service effectively yes. with the bandages sort of peeling away. Mm. Uh, I guess losing the suit as such. So yeah, no, I mean it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know now they're not his avatar, or are they? You yeah. know, or just not knowingly, it, you know, not that, knowingly that exactly, and that, and it just shows oh. you the du- duplicitousness of Konshu. You know yes. that that moment. I know it's in the post credit where he says, you know, Mark didn't know how truly broken and chaotic mm. he was because as well. With the dust settling before the end credits, I'm still there going, why are they strapping themselves into the bed still? Okay, you've asked about a hundred questions. I know, there. I've got loads uh, of questions. There's loads there. of questions. And this is, and there's another really big one we need to talk about as well in this sequence. Um, so, Chris, you jumped in and said 100% they are still the avatar of, of Conchu. Yes. I completely disagree with that. Um, Mark and Stephen have been released as avatars of Conchu. The avatar of Conchu as we hear in the post credit scene, is now Jake. Um, what I loved about that is because it ties into what Conchu, the agreement that Conchu made with Stephen. He says, you will both be free. He specifically calls out two of them will be freed. <laughs> so uh, so that's why I think it's they are no longer the avatar of Conchu. They are released from their, um, from their service of him. But Jake isn't. Jake wants to be the avatar of Conchu. Jake will go on and continue. And I wonder if that's, the reason why Stephen's tied into his bed at the end is a Jake that's tying him into his bed at the end. Um, and he's waking up with the, with the conversation that's going on between Mark and Stephen, not realizing that Jake has had the body for a few days being the avatar. Can't you? Yeah. Well, exactly. So, exactly. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess my, my feeling on it or I, you know, what I'm thinking is that they both aren't, and they are mm. the avatar. They're not because they've been released yeah. from from Conchu's service yeah. in that sense, but because of the different ulcers for that one body, mm-hmm. then Jake yeah. has willingly said, "I'm still." Your yeah, avatar, exactly. or, or signed up to be his avatar, and yeah. um, so it's only Jake that can call upon, and Conchu uh, will give exactly. his his powers to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I see this very much going in the way of Stephen was not willingly the avatar of Conchu in the beginning. Yeah, when he wasn't he the avatar Mr. Knight. No, but he had <laughs> access to the powers. That's the difference. He will be able to come, Mr. Knight. He called the suit. Mm. Uh, and I see this will be partially, which is in the future. Theoretically, Jake is the avatar yeah. of country. He is the Moon Knight. Yeah. Now, there is nothing to say in the future if Mark and Stephen figure out that theoretically yeah. their body is host yeah. to the avatar still, much like Stephen was able to call the suit, maybe in the future they can call the suit and i think that's where they are not the avatar quote unquote they are not in the same way that stephen was not and the avatar 
back in yeah. at the beginning. When now, when they sat outside the dunes in front of Kanshu and they made the deal, Stephen became the Avatar too. And therefore they both were stripped of that Avatar title. Jake has not been. Jake will always continue because he wants to be. So I think that's where they will, that is the potential in the future of yeah. this, where they, they are still potentially powered, if you want to call it that, because the same way Stephen was powered and Mark wasn't. Yeah. Sorry, that, 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 sorry, I should say, not wasn't powered. Stephen had access to certain powers. Before, he didn't fully have the skill sets, but he was able to call the suit, the billy clubs, and things like that back in episode two, three, yeah. two, two. Yeah. We're saying exactly the same thing, which is good. We so, all are, yes. Um, it, it is simply that Stephen, <laughs> Stephen and Mark think they are no longer the, the avatars of Kanshu because they've made that deal. He has released them from it. They're, there's very unlikely they would have a reason to call the suit. But if for some reason they did, if they fell off the top of a building and suddenly they stopped close to the ground, they would suddenly realize inside them is the avatar of Kanshu, yes. which is Jake. Yeah. So so that's absolutely story potential for the future. But right now, yeah. they're released. Jake is, is uh, keeping it yeah. on. But there is one other thing that we need to talk about in this scene, which is the um, return to the psychiatrist office, because, again, this is causing lots and lots of confusion. So um, this is really intriguing to me because we, we had this conversation uh, a bit last week about what's real, what's not real, uh, what's going on. Um, on reflection with last week, last week's episode, it now feels like Harrow was inside the mind of Stephen and Mark trying to guide them. It was inside their kind of mind palace, their, their um, afterlife almost. He's the one that was messing with them and kind of pushing them to admit that their world isn't real, that Moonlight isn't real, that, that uh, Khonshu isn't real. This time it feels like they're inside... Harrow's mind and messing with him and telling him this is all real and you're not in control because we see a different Harrow here while he still looks like the psychiatrist that we saw in the last episode he's got his bleeding feet that's an indication that this is the Harrow that we saw at the beginning of the series this avatar of Amet so it feels like the two of them are in his mind telling him you have no power over us anymore it's kind of the final nail in the coffin of of Harrow putting him away and and putting him into um, his final uh, resting place, I guess. Okay, well, whereas I feel they've gone back, in, in that release, just because it goes to white, mm. it felt to me that they were going back into themselves, mm-hmm. um, their, their mind palace, I, I guess, for want of a better phrase. Um, but then... In that moment, they were able to distinguish that, in in effect, Doctor Harrow was a you know an, an attacking virus, some kind of pathogen that is the trying, as you say, to effectively um, make them believe that this is normality. Yeah. But because of the bleeding feet, I bleeding from the real world because he is bloodied. Uh, but still alive, that bleeding from the glass that's been in the shoe, yeah, in his shoes, Bleed, bleeding yeah. through <laughs> still because he's still mm-hmm. alive. He hasn't been um, killed or executed yeah. at the orders of of Konshu. That that's the tell for them, mm-hmm. and then they 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 realize they know more about actually now what's going on yeah. in this in in their own mind, and then you see them waking up in. 
Stephen's apartment mm-hmm. in London. Yeah. So I kind of still thought it was their mind. Okay. But equally, I don't know for certain, and yours could is the flip side of that theory, which could it could also be. Yeah. So I I mean, yeah, it it, it was a, a nice it was a surprising touch once they were released. I wasn't yeah. expecting to suddenly be back in the asylum. I thought that was very much connected with with the um the, the shooting and the near death experience. Yeah. Um so coming back into that world I was like, okay, so <laughs> if it is the near death, it might be Harrow because he was close to death. I really yeah. feel a tendency to want to correct you. The, the absolute death experience, as Tuarat says, <laughs> you are definitely Yeah, dead. but that's true, 100%. yes. The absolute death, <laughs> of which Harrow isn't. So I, I don't... I, I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. I, I'm still eking on to it's Mark and Stephen's right. mind right. palace. Well, we said we had theories for this one. Yeah, I am of the opinion. Um, I am with John on this. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. I felt that this was a, uh, a a culmination of a capstone to their internal conflict mm-hmm. of because he goes through the different voices. He goes through both Mark and Stephen's voice uh, instantaneously, mm-hmm. um, and you see that it's the beginning, and it's again the culmination back in the original version when they were talking it was this back and forth you were again the switch the straight switch the the, the more definitive kind of juttering part where you had mark and you had steven mm-hmm. this again was i think the the capstone on this scene if you will this this battle between no 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 this is real this is us this is life this is our life. This is we're in control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where what I took from that was that they were in control and they were able to guide and control control their environment. I think it was that kind of thing. Like before they couldn't control anything in that office. And then this would they were able to go, no, 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 no. We know who you are. Mm-hmm. We know what you are. And that's then the, i.e. the bloody sandals. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a shunt in the story where mm-hmm. it's like that fade to white and you're in. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. It was like, surprise, the whole thing was in their head. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, if they had done that, I think like the world would have rioted. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But again, it's a, it's a nice touch to kind of call back to it in your finale again. Call back exactly. to another thing that's that's made this series so special and so interesting. Uh, speaking of putting a capstone on it, uh, anything else about the battle of, of the gods and monsters and the resolution of the episode before we go on to a quick chat about uh, about Jake? Um, anything else about the episode? No, that's all for me. Um, definitely want to mention that uh, we do see two goldfish uh, back in Mark and Stephen's apartment as well. Um, so nice to see that. Uh, even if it is Jake that's tying them down to the bed uh, before he goes out and becomes, or after he comes back uh, from being the Avatar country, that he's still replacing the fish and taking care of them. So there you go. I just like that they were having a story, a conversation. Yes, that was cool. Yeah. Like, they were talking to each other and having the back and forth. And I'm like, that is what I want to see. If we get a season two or a film or whenever we see Moonlight again, mm-hmm. I want to have that back and forth, even if it's only in his head or if it's out loud. Absolutely. Like, like, Oscar Isaac kind of pulling on his 
deep acting chops and going back and forth kind yeah. of with himself would be just fantastic. Absolutely. It'd be great. It'd be great to see. I'd love, uh, I'd love to see the reactions of other people as he has that conversation with himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> right. Let's talk about post-credit Jake then. We'll just do a short one. Um, but what uh, overall post-credit Jake, Chris, what do you think? Where's the mustache? <laughs> Come on. I just wanted, and we talked, we joked. And yes, you did. We all agreed that um, uh, a fake mustache would have looked ridiculous. Yes. But I just wanted it. I wanted a very bad cheesy. And it's just kind of, even if it was a joking thing where he turns, he turned around in his cap and had a fake mustache and then took it off mm. and went, ah, is I Leclerc. Kind of something, <laughs> obviously that, that's it, but like that's something, a, a reference, yeah, that's the French a reference to the facial hair would have been very funny. Um, you know, I, I, I can kind of see that they may, they, they could do something like in his car, he has a, a bunch of things that he dresses up to cover his face yes. and make him look different. I can totally see that, but definitely in this show, if you're switching back and forth between three altars, it would make no sense for him to throw on a fake beard or a, a monocle on, every time. He's just like jumping back and forth, putting on mudgeon chops yeah. and a, a mustache and oh, a cap. It's like, okay, now I can, now I can talk to myself. Yeah, like already, do they, does he have to carry a flat cap in his pocket every time he's, uh, he's as Mark and, and, uh, and Stephen just to put the flat cap on so we know it's Jake? He by Eck, he does. <laughs> <laughs> which, which which was why I was surprised he had a Spanish accent oh. when I saw him with the flag. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. This is another change from from the comic book. So we have we have now got a Spanish speaking um, yeah. uh, Jake Lockley here as well. So that's that's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, you know, I I just really kind of enjoyed this because no qualms. He shoots um, Harrow here. Yeah, you know, um, and. Uh, just loved with Konshu sort of just really, you know, cementing his manipulativeness Absolutely. here. Um, once again, Konshu doesn't do his own dirty work. He gets no. he gets his avatar, this now Jake, to do the dirty work. He was specifically told to Mark, we're now free. You kill him if you want to kill him. And he goes and gets Jake. Um, yeah, harsh. And... Konshu is in the Mr. Knight suit, which was cool. He is, that's right. Uh, yes. In the back of the thing. I, and just the fact that it is this limo and this very cool callback to some of the comic books. I Oh, look, overall, I really enjoy it. The Spanish accent, I'm trying to think how that fully plays into previous. So, like, is it that yeah. he is a full, a full Spanish-speaking mm-hmm. um, character and only speaks Spanish? I don't know, because the, char- the other versions or accents that we thought we heard in previous episodes, mm. I don't know how that links with a Spanish speaker. Yeah. Or like where in the United States or they you would have a Spanish speaking kind of uh group with that accent, which we thought was a bit more New York based, right? Like Jersey based. Um but Yeah, they'd have again, to they'd have to explain quite a lot because again, you know, we 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 saw the creation of of Stephen Grant last episode his name taken from a poster on the wall. So not particularly called Stephen Grant because that's uh, that's where he comes from. He doesn't have a London accent because he comes from London. He has a London accent because he was taking that from TV shows uh, yeah. that he was watching. Is it possible that Jake Lockley is, uh, is a Spanish-speaking character and Mark is affecting an American accent from from another city, you know, an English speaking American accent from another city. We don't know that. There's definitely not enough in the in the episode to tell. And 
that does throw out all of the theories that we've seen Jake in the past because we heard this gruffer voice. Uh, if if he doesn't speak English, then we didn't see Jake yeah. at all, or we didn't hear Jake at all throughout the season. So I'm guessing he speaks Spanish, and he also has a a, a gruffer American accent. Uh, I guess yeah. I guess he has both. So um, we, I, I, that would be my only guess, because otherwise we've never seen Jake throughout the season, because we were yeah. all saying it was on the voice uh, for every time that we've seen him. So yeah. Um, yeah. But but I loved it, and it makes sense with with Oscar Isaac uh, that that this altar would be another completely different altar, yeah. and yes. him being Spanish speaking makes sense. Yeah, you kind of mentioned the nod to the comics uh, with uh, with the car, Chris. Uh, yeah. Just want to call out, you know, throughout the series, people have been confused as to why Stephen Grant is the way he is in the show because he's so different from comic book Stephen Grant. Comic book Stephen Grant is the billionaire playboy, effectively, uh, who would be able to own a limo a very expensive car so uh what we see here is effectively possibly anyway what we see is jake it could be the altar that has the money so that's something that they could explore in a a future season i'm really glad overall that one of the things i wanted to say about the season i'm really glad that they made this really distinct separation between the 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 stupid idea that this uh character is anyway similar to batman but at the end of the season now that they've established who Mark Spector is, they've established who Stephen Grant is, they've established Moon Knight, and now at the end of the season, they can have a little bit of a play with that. They have got yeah. this, as I say, possible billionaire's car. They've got the gadgets that you'd see from uh, from Batman, and they have the Moon Knight over the moon moment, which is so synonymous with Batman. So they're yeah. able to do it at the end of the season because they've earned it. They've earned the differentiation now between this character and uh, that other DC character. 100%. And I'm the one who made the joke in episode one. And this for me is that they they've gone beyond earning it. They they have made such a differentiation. I didn't cop that DC comic reference over the moon <laughs> until we discussed it later on. Wow. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that does. Because I didn't think I didn't connect the dot like I didn't associate the two because uh-huh. they have made it so distinct. And I didn't accept the billionaire. Limousine. I just connected to the comic books in some of the later runs. He uses his his limo as a almost like roaming base with right. a computer and everything like that. And I was like, "Oh, that's a nice callback." Well done. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, overall, it was good. My one bit, which I just want to call out here, and this is the the final dip down, was I was expecting a place card, which Moon Knight will return. Not where, not when, not how, mm-hmm. just Moon Knight will return. Mm-hmm. Obviously better if in season two, like Loki, or uh, Moon Knight will return in Multiverse of Madness, like WandaVision <laughs> potentially. Go or to the cinema tonight. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was expecting something like that. Okay. Now, we already announced this is, uh, it, we're recording on May 4th. It came out on May 4th. Mm-hmm. So that is obviously synonymously tied to star wars so all the disney accounts are in overdrive on star wars mm-hmm. so fully understand they may be giving it 48 hours breathing room maybe friday or next early next week or next wednesday when we get potentially disassembled uh, 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 making off mm-hmm. we may get a moon Knight will return they could still be in negotiations who knows yeah. i just thought i would have liked that because it felt a bit Oh, okay. Like that was the issue. It was that it was almost like I w- I was expecting a 
kind of triumphant. We have laid our flag with this character. Like right. he will return. You like, like we know you like him. We like him. He will be back either in the movies or because we already know that say Miss Marvel is going to be in the Marvels, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel too. Yeah. So I fully expect at the end of that season in July, we will get Miss Marvel will return in the Marvels. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how that will go. It just felt, and like within 24 hours, we got the announcement of Captain America 4 yeah. for Winter Soldier and Captain America. So it just felt a bit, oh, I'm hoping that this, I'm hoping, and that's, I think that's probably more this part of me being somewhat deflated, disappointed in that I'm hoping that I'm not imagining all the, the hype and goodwill that this show has because I really do like this character. Yeah. I'm I'm not kind of overinflating that the, how good of a critical and or audience reception I got with this mm-hmm. one, or I think there has been with this show. Yeah, yeah I think it was Mohamed Diab or um, or Jeremy Slater put out last night on uh, on their Twitter after the episode came out that it's the most in demand show that Marvel have had on on Disney Plus. So yeah, uh, really good signs. I think Hawkeye in the end ended off being one of the lowest. Um, uh, yeah shows because of the time of year that was going on i think was was part of it but um but moon knight seems to have done really well um here's one for you chris go on because he called back to loki being the one of the only shows that has had a second season announced that was announced with a title card instead of a post-credit scene yeah there you go how how about your options where either get this post-credit scene with jake effectively setting up some options for moon knight in the future or we got a card that said in two years time you'll be getting a season two that that is sophie's choice i'm not going to make that choice because that is not what we got and that is not what reality is i prefer this one i prefer the choice that they're having this post-credit scene and not telling us when he's coming back because i'm hopeful um yes you know oscar isaac seems to have enjoyed it the audience seemed to have enjoyed it and uh and hopefully that means that there'll be some negotiation where we'll see uh, Moon Knight in the future and there's loads of options there with the end of this episode Uh, i think that's it for our discussion on the episode of moon knight so guys do you defend Moon Knight Episode 6, Gods and Monsters? I'll kick off with you, John. Ah, yes. Uh, I absolutely defend uh, this final episode of Moon Knight, Gods and Monsters. I give it, and dare I say it, this is a record for me, five lethal limo drivers out of five. Um, That's yeah. every single episode this season. I, I think I just loved this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it wrapped up really, really nicely. Um and I, ju- I just loved all the, the aspects that came into play into this final episode, which was effectively primarily action interspersed with some really good emotional beats mm-hmm. to it. Um, and the, the post credit scene with Jake, I'm so glad they put that in there, given uh, the, the, the blackout bit, um, because uh, I was a little bit kind of... My heart was in in the balance, I think, uh, in in that moment. Mm -hmm. So this, to me, was just really class. I found the the whole series class. Um, I I just love the whole topic area of, like, you know, archaeology type things, Mm -hmm. superheroes, Egyptians. It's all just fantastic stuff. So for me, five lethal limo drivers out of five. Excellent. How about yourself, Chris? Do you defend this episode of Moon Knight? I do. Uh, as I said before, uh, this is a, it's a strong kind of 
B plus A minus for me on this episode. Um, and the gripes I have are based on small, minuscule things. Mm. I honestly came into this thinking this would be a trash fire because <laughs> we had 44 minutes to wrap up so much. Mm. And I, di- I literally did not think it was possible. And we got economy of storytelling, as you guys have said, and you just, we got, but we didn't get a Basel exposition moment. We didn't get any of these kind of very cliche moments where you're like, all right, there you go. That's how you're going to pull these four bits in. Uh, We got kaiju level monster gods fighting. We got um, new superheroes. We got some amazing fight scenes. And we got the potential for more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm hoping that potential just leads to something but Derek what about yourself did you defend this final episode of Moonlight? Absolutely yeah I loved this entire series it's been so fascinating to go through we uh, as we mentioned before we were lucky enough to get the first four episodes I think we watched all of those to death before the last two episodes came out and the last two episodes didn't disappoint they really put a capper on this season that yeah. um, I couldn't expect to happen I think we were all really excited about the end of, at the end of episode four having seen them so many times, we were all really excited, hoping that they were going to be able to deliver on those final two episodes, and they really did. They've told a really good story. They've dealt with lots of serious topics really well within the confines of a, of a superhero show in some ways. Um, some great uh, historical touch points, some great nods to, as you say, John, the archaeology type stuff like Indiana Jones done really well when they are referencing things, they're referencing it really well. They're not doing anything on the cheap here. Uh, they've given uh, a great job um, and they've given a great series to a great character who I hope now has loads of fans, rabid fans out there looking to read some comic books um, and some great comic books as well. So loved it. It did exactly what I wanted to, to see it done. And I'm really hoping we see more of Oscar Isaac as, uh, as Moon Knight in the future because um, yeah. this is a character yeah. that can't, be left behind. Uh, I really want to see definitely more. good stuff. Oh, I think I need a drink after that, guys. Let's let's head on over for our final question in our bar with no name quiz or pub quiz to other people. John, do you want to give us the final question in our bar with no name quiz? Certainly, yes, fellow defenders, fellow quizzes. Question six: What car does Jake Lockley drive, and what is the registration plate? Ooh, very good, very good. One from the post-credit scene. Excellent. Uh, that is the final question in our poll quiz. So now's the time. Get your answers in. You need to put together all the answers from all the questions throughout the episodes of Moon Knight. Uh, all available on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. Email them into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with each of the uh, answers. And on our wrap-up episode for Moon Knight, which we should be doing in a couple of weeks' time, um, we will choose a winner of the Moon Knight goodies. John, do you want to give him the question one more time? Yes. What car does Jake Lockley drive and what is the registration plate? Are we looking for make and model of the car as well? The make. Okay. The, the make of the car, I wouldn't actually know what model it is, but the <laughs> type of car as well. Okay, cool. Excellent. Excellent. Just to fuzzy the waters. So it's looking for the model and the type of car that right. Jake Lockley drives, and the registration. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Hoping to get all of your answers into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com really soon. 
This episode of TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters over on Patreon, including Mike Scannell. Thank you so much, Mike, for your support. Yes, thanks, Mike. Yes, thank you so much, Mike. And if you want to be like Mike, you can head on over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries, where you can support us for any monthly amount, and it helps keep the lights on and everything. But if you would like to keep our illustrious editor and director and producer in caffeine while he toils away into the wee hours of the Egyptian night, you can head on over to a one-off donation on buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI, where you can buy him a coffee. Yes, it is that simple. You go want to buy him a coffee, go to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI. Don't forget, you can also support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing with your friends, your other gods and other monsters, if you will. Remember, sharing the podcast is sharing the love unless you are a 30-foot large kaiju. I suppose they maybe <laughs> want to listen to podcasts too. I don't know. Maybe Godzilla and Amit and Kanchu all like listening to this very podcast. Well, we did see Amit and Kanchu uh, trying to share some love. Um, she yeah. was trying to encourage him uh, to join her calls. Yes, uh, true, at, at true. Point of the episode, wasn't she? <laughs> Let's get on to some feedback from our wonderful fellow defenders. Uh, kicking off with some feedback to our email address at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, Suzanne Nelson says, okay, why didn't I notice until the last episode of the season that the moon in the credits is changing phases with each episode? Best line in this show so far is, are you an Egyptian superhero? Yes, I am. Absolutely awesome. Great show. Great finale. Thanks, Suzanne. Yes, thanks so much, Suzanne. Yeah, thank you, Suzanne, uh, for the feedback. Yeah. Um, I didn't spot the the moon phases changing uh, uh, either. Really? I don't think so. Uh, no, one of the, I don't one of the I criticisms did. I saw of the season uh, only being six episodes was, but there are eight phases of the moon, and the moon's changing every episode. You need two more episodes. <laughs> 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 Love it. Thanks, Suzanne. Yeah, thank you again. Also on email, coffee and vodka wrote in and says, greeting fellow resurrected defenders. Kevin Feige's run as gatekeeper of Marvel's phases one to three has no doubt been made part of at least one professor's university curriculum. <laughs> nice artistic license you've got there. Meet my little friend continuity. And it worked, creating the longest running, most successful cinematic superhero story run ever. Phase four gave a glimmer of the same, but it quickly became apparent that this is not your father's Marvel. With the multiverse... Continuity has taken up rear guard and artistic license is now on point in a hit or miss jungle. And with only a single episode to tie in so much, I was afraid this hit would trip over its artistic feet, <laughs> face planting right onto an anti personnel mine of miss. <laughs> Giving the viewer PTSD of a screen suddenly going black with journeys, don't stop believing, suddenly flashing up before my eyes. <laughs> Coffee and Vodka continues, well, that was unnecessary. This episode was everything one could hope for and more. All the action, humour, artful direction, with graphic novel sensibility, special effects, and Mephit Jake's real. Uh Really, really real. Layla was given her due as both a fully formed character in her own right as well as as well as in a superhero outfit that I can only assume has Patty Jenkins eating her heart out. Mm -hmm. Everything was tied up in a perfect linen bow with enough options to keep it a single miniseries or open it up to more seasons. 
masterful all the way round, though I do wonder why Amit couldn't continue doing the evil she does so well in Harrow's body. Five healing hearts, clashes of titans, and hippo heroines out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. P.S. A quick show of hands. Who else would have broken all ten statues while there? <laughs> I think all three yes. of our hands are up here. All <laughs> six of the hands that we have are up for that one. Uh, it did feel like one of those moments where um, <laughs> Layla could just knock a couple off the shelf while she's there, you know? She's a bold cat. She's literally, <laughs> yeah, oops, exactly. Oops. Oh, no, you left the statue here? Oh, no, it would be terrible if it fell over. Oh, no, there you go. She, do- she does... In fairness to her, she does um, look at every statue individually before she uh, she finds Conchu. So she's really careful because possibly there's a really good reason why these uh, why these have all been <laughs> exactly. committed to you, Shanti. What what uh, would happen if she just knocked out the Mephisto effectively? Yeah. What if what if she did that? You know. So my my pitch for season two is all the old gods, so the Osiris and all those with their new avatars mm-hmm. versus all of these gods that were trapped in Ashanti's. Mm. So literally you, and then you have Mark and Sash Steven and Leila stuck in the middle. Right. They, they are, it is the war of the gods or the Egyptian gods. Mm. Um, it could be very cool. And then, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. Good one. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kathy and Vodka, for your feedback. We also have an email in from Jerry in Niceville. Jerry says, Hey guys, this episode was a mixed bag. Layla, a superhero, amazing. What name will they give her? Mark and Stephen taking turns as Moon Knight, very fun. The Harrow plot seemed rushed. God's kaiju fight was okay, was kind of distracting. More Layla, please. The end credit was the best part. The name of the mental institution nods to the great Moon Knight artist Bill Senkovich, uh, gangster Conchu and the Spanish-speaking Jake Lockley. Mark is indeed rich based on the car with custom license plate. What does the future hold? I will rewatch the series to give my overall thoughts of it as a whole. Your loyal avatar, Cherry in Niceville. Thanks so much, Jerry. Um, and uh, yes, it's, uh, I think, you know, the Scarlet Scarab is, mm-hmm. I guess, what we're resting on anyway, but I think yeah. that was confirmed as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. I think in the comic books, uh, the character who was her father in the TV show, it was the Scarlet Scarab, but uh, she doesn't come from the comic books, but she is Scarlet Scarab in the MCU and hopefully going to be coming back. I saw an interview with uh, Michael Amaway uh, that says she's really interested. If Marvel are open to it, she'll be back uh, in future, which is great news. Yeah, and I, and I think to your point on the end credit being, you know, one of the best parts mm-hmm. there, I also think it was hugely important given... Yeah. Um, the need to reveal Jake in some form. Uh, and, yep. and this did without needing them to suddenly go off and uh, exposition the hell out of him um, sort of in, in the episode. Exactly. And uh, yes, look at you uh, sort of slightly predicting uh, one of uh, or one part of the pub quiz question for, uh, for this week, I like that Jerry self-censored himself. I haven't, I haven't fixed his email or anything like that. Uh, that, that he's talking about a car with custom license plates. Uh, we need more detail of that uh, for the focus question yeah. for this week. Excellent, Jerry. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Jerry. We also have an email in from Victor Von Doom, who says, "Greetings, defenders. I think we saw Jake or results of his actions in every single episode this season." 
One was the after- aftermath of the rooftop fight. Jake also appears in the final scene in episode two. I also believe Jake was staring at the security camera after killing the jackal in episode one. It seems whenever Mark finds corpses at his feet, Jake has been there. Looks like Mr. Knight's muscle memory kicked in. <laughs> The mixture of fights between the gods and avatars was fantastic. Layla made a nice Scarlet Scarab. Maybe Toiret will let her go after Bushman. As always, looking forward to TVPI podcasts and Defenders feedback. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Ooh, I like that idea for for a second season that uh, that Layla as the Scarlet Scarab would be going after Bushman, the the person who killed her father. Yeah, or at least some part of that Mm. within a a series two, for sure. Yeah, no, that that is really good. And interestingly, I think you you bring it up, um, and it was certainly in the back of my mind about Mr. Knight finding that muscle memory, Mm -hmm. because that's exactly what happens. Mr. Knight becomes very, very proficient with his batons and his... His spins and, and so on, which was really good to see. Exactly. Um, His so, new skill set, as he yeah, says. Yeah, I, I, I did like that. Uh, and yeah. But yeah, good good spot there and good call there, Victor. Great stuff. Yeah, I, I think that security camera one definitely. Mm-hmm. Be- and also the security guard at the museum keeps calling Stephen completely different yes, names as well. I think it was. Yeah, yeah so yeah. There, there could be. But I think a whole range of different names. So. Really? Uh, yeah, more. definitely there. Yeah. Um, yep. Thanks, Victor. Over on Twitter, Jerry Edelin says this. It was incredible. I loved it. I live in the US. I've been listening to your weekly coverage of this series of your podcasts. You all do such a wonderful job. Ah, oh, thank you, Jerry. You do a wonderful job of listening. Thank you. And tweeting us. So appreciate it. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, great to hear from you, Jerry. Thanks so much for, for getting in contact with us over on Twitter. Uh, over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. Brandy Gilly Sanderson sent us some thoughts on the episode. She said, look, we all know that was awesome. That hit all the points I wanted and needed, including making Layla the Scarlet Scarab like they've been hinting at since episode three. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like how they've shown us people we know later on and how they become superheroes, like she's going to be Moon Knight's version of Elijah Bradley or Billy and Tommy from WandaVision. But no, we get to see her suited up and in action. This episode stuck the landing with a great mix of emotion and action-filled scenes. The character's decisions stayed true to form and it was surprising because I really didn't expect Stephen Mark to acknowledge the third, even if the audience got Jake. But they both immediately agree that wasn't them. And even though he was speaking Spanish, he still got that tight lipped speaking style like we saw on that beat up Mark in episode five. And the whole conchu knowing about Jake and continuing to use Mark and Stephen through the connection is a nice touch to the end of the Lemire run from what I've heard. And though I would have loved to see a Moon Knight will return tag between that mid credit scene and Disney's since deleted tweets, switch series finale and season finale, I am more than comfortable remaining hopefully optimistic for a season two. Good stuff, Brandy. Yeah, I think uh, really, really good thoughts there on the episode overall. Yeah, really good thoughts there, Brandy. Um, yeah, that's actually a really good point. You know, we have seen these kind of side characters come in uh, throughout the episode. I think Photon is probably the only superhero that we've seen formed in the show and we've seen her fully superpower there are these kind of side characters that come in like billy and tommy in uh in one division and elijah bradley who is the former captain america in uh in falcon and the winter soldier um who is a nod to the comic books but really cool to see layla take up this position as scarlet scarab uh in in the uh in this episode very cool to actually see her in action Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Thank you so much, Brandy. And yeah, like you, we are hopefully optimistic for a season two. 
Um, over on Facebook as well, we also have Michael Booth who had this to say, well, there we go. Just about everything nicely wrapped up in a bow. And what a wonderful bow. Layla got some time to shine and we got her as an amazingly costumed Egyptian superhero. I don't know how becoming a hippo goddess avatar gave her bird wings, though. I was expecting to see more tanky hippo-like <laughs> armor stepping out of the rubble of the tomb. The final fight was well done. The fluidity between Mark and Stephen was awesome to see. I especially like the transition to Mr. Knight to make Harrow lose his grip on the cloak. Mm-hmm. I do feel like there was a little deus ex machina going on at the end. They are solidly losing. He transitions and suddenly all is good. Jake must be one hell of a fighter to get out of that position without him or Layla getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Jake, tricky, tricky Kanshu. I wonder where he will turn up next. Don't we all? Uh, definitely. Yes. Uh, great stuff, Michael. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I think that flashed through my mind as well with the the, the Scarab costume, uh-huh. given that Taurus uh, is mainly hippo. Uh, so it, it would have been interesting to have seen a tanky hippo-like armor <laughs> for sure, but it would have protected her from all that falling masonry, I guess, yeah. uh, in, in the pyramid. Yes. Uh, but good stuff. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, but I, I think there's just that little tiny touch from Tuaret saying that she knows um, exactly. her father. So uh, the fact that she has had uh, some sort of relationship with her father when bringing him over to the field of reeds makes me think that because he used to call her, my little scarab that she has an idea of what kind of outfit she'd like to wear. Yeah, the temporary, yeah, for the sure, temporary for uh, sure. avatar. So uh, yeah. good stuff. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Also on Facebook, uh, Ray from Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast says, what a fantastic way to cap off a season of one of my favorite characters. Already feeling sad it's over, but still riding high on what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think the finale works well if taken holistically along the whole season. Sounds obvious, I know, but if taken on its own, it could just be seen as an all-out slugfest, when in fact it's a culmination of many, many moving parts. Although my only quibble was how quickly things went. I would have liked to have seen the Ennead versus Harrow, the blackout when Jake takes down Harrow. I would have loved to have seen Harrow get his just desserts at the hands of Mark, Stephen and Jake. It also went quickly because I was just having the time of my life. Seeing the deities fight and the backdrop of the Harrow Moon Knight Scarlet Scarab fight was wonderful. It harked back to the classic images of the gods fighting in the skies whilst mortals fought their battles. Really, really nice imagery. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to lean on you to see what you made of the end. Deliciously ambiguous Harrow with bloodied feet in Mark's mindscape. Stephen Back in his apartment, what just happened added to that. Harrow also appears to be committed to the awesomely named Sienkiewicz Psychiatric Hospital. So does this mean he did exist trying to raise Amit and was thwarted? More, The more I think about it, perhaps the organising principle of Mark's mind conjured up the bloodied feet as acknowledgement that Harrow is real and is bad. So much to chat about. Jake too. And were to from here. If anyone said Moon Knight never leaves you with questions, then they just don't know the character. <laughs> Top viewing and without doubt, my favorite Marvel show. Here's to another season. Absolutely. I think we're all rooting for a season two. Um, and at least if we don't get that, hopefully he comes uh, onto the big screen uh, within the cinematic universe. 
uh, and see how he uh, gets on over there as well, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think totally with you around the 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 backdrop with the the gods playing out in the skies. It's almost a a, a bit of um, the Eternals feel with that as well, mm. yeah. uh, and it and rightly so. It really is classic way of, of doing the gods and in the sky uh, and that big uh, fight scene. Uh, I think I'm with you around. Uh, the the asylum being back in the asylum. I think we were talking about that yeah. uh, in the podcast. There, I still think it's in Mark's mindscape there, and that the the blood sort of just gave the game away uh, for them. And uh, because you know, I, I don't know how they would get into mm. Harrow's mindscape in that sense. Um, so I, I think this is a an organization of their mindscape there learning library or, or whatever you call it and it you know within their own minds so uh yeah good stuff i'm so glad as well ray that you have been uh giddy with excitement over it as well at i have been too Absolutely. and uh yeah again i really hope there's a season two here i think there certainly uh, is and also that he permeates into the cinematic world. As I, well. I certainly hope there's more Moon Knight, whatever way yeah. we get them. And I'm really glad that you've been enjoying it, Ray, particularly given that you've been running a podcast for the last five years about, uh, <laughs> exactly. about Moon Knight. It's, it's really disappointing when you get to the <laughs> point that you have to podcast about a show. And the, if the show doesn't work, I feel really sorry. There's one of our one of our friends who does a podcast about the Inhumans and has been podcasting about issues over and over again for, for quite a long time. And then the Inhumans TV show came out and effectively... It did so poorly that Inhumans hardly even appear in the comic books anymore because they're trying to distance themselves from the character. Like that's, that must be the worst feeling. Definitely. And then suddenly you're going back, yeah. and the only thing you have to cover are the old issue of the comics. Nothing new coming out, but yeah. it's a plethora of amazing Moon Knight content at the moment. Yeah. It and could be me on. It could be me on Saturday after seeing uh, Doctor Strange two. Uh, uh, at least Friday. you've had four or five good appearances of Doctor Strange in the past, and uh, and tons of great comic books as well. So. Can I just remind everyone of Jupiter's legacy? Yep, that's true. There we go. Yep. <laughs> that was my, yeah. that was my me. I love that comic book. Some of the best writing in the world. Absolutely adored it. And that show came out, and oh, that 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 thing has that thing is dead. And the show was so bad, we didn't even cover it on the podcast, despite nope. getting uh, previews of the of the episodes as well. Unfortunately, yeah. so yeah, what yes. a shame! What a shame! Um, but, nice call out from Ray. I just want to highlight it again. Uh, the Sankovitz. Um, psychiatric hospital is the place where um where harrow is being held in london named after bill sankowitz a fantastic marvel artist well a fantastic artist overall but has done some amazing yeah. work over the years in, in marvel so a nice little uh little call out there they used to do this a lot during the netflix days just calling out names of artists and names of writers so it's great to see that they've done that again with bill sankowitz uh, a great, great artist um Thanks so much, Ray. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips has some thoughts on the episode as well. He says, gosh, wow, crikey. That's wrapped things up in the sense of seeing a glimpse of a fave toy disappearing under layers of pass the parcel. <laughs> Delighted it's there and hopeful it will get opened in the very, very near future. So I think Jake, Mark, Stephen are real. The flying hippo is a true superhero we needed. And Harrow went a bit <laughs> potty after becoming Avatar 2 which is possibly a warning for an upcoming <laughs> film. Superb season. Might well watch it again. Oh, definitely. Second viewing is on the cards, mm-hmm. Bob. 
And uh, yeah, I, I I think the flying hippo is um, a superhero that we truly we needed truly and deserve yeah. at this time. Yeah, it's one of those ones. Like, even if they do bring Moon Knight back, are we going to get Twarash back again? Because she was awesome. I yeah. really want to see her. Yeah. Uh, see her back and just have have her as the avatar of uh, of Scarlet Scarab. So at least we could see her on uh, see her on screen again. One quick note I forgot to put in: there's a bust of Bast in the the chamber that we see. There, which and for those not who may, might be interested, Bast is the uh, god of Wakanda. That's right. Um, that is called upon by the Black Panther. Yeah. So just a nice little nod there. I was like, ooh, excellent. They might be the season two. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so that, that's interesting because we've had collates to um, to Falcon and Winter Soldier, as you mentioned, with Major yep. Core and with uh, with those connections that were going on there. And we've had collates a number of times now to, to Black Panther. Um, so. You never know. Maybe the uh, the Wakanda series um, that's coming up, starring Danai Guerrero, um, yep. the, the Disney Plus series. Maybe that's another place where Moon Knight could appear. So, uh, lots of possibilities. We also got some additional Facebook feedback. Uh, Gail Cleary says, "So happy Stephen was only mostly dead. <laughs> I love that they showed Mark could never be happy unless he was whole. Mm-hmm. Konshu might have stopped Amit, but Konshu is still evil. He has been manipulating Mark for a long time." He knows too much about Mark's brother and family. I think Konshu killed Mark's brother and somehow helped drive his mother insane so that he could break Mark's mind and turn him into Konshu's version of an ideal avatar. I love that theory. Mm, Um, Really interesting. Real proper premeditated Konshu evil would be kind of pretty pretty deep i think really, um pretty no, dark i like that yeah, yeah. yeah really dark really deep and i like it gail mm. yes certainly do this seems confirmed in the post credit scene with jake jake is conscious instrument mark is second banana and steven is the idiot conchu never would have gotten jake without mark enduring years of horrendous abuse if we see more of Moon Knight, I hope it's about Mark and Stephen realizing this and working to somehow free Jake from Konshu's grasp. Makes me wonder how many times Jake was killed and resurrected by Konshu, and if that will complicate things even more. Thanks for the podcast, gentlemen. I love hearing your thoughts and theories, Gail. Thanks so much, Gail. Really glad you're enjoying the podcast, and I absolutely uh, am loving uh, your theory here a- and potential for a season two. Mm, uh, I, I just think it's really kind of good. I like it. I like it. I don't think we called out in the scene where um, Mark's in the flashback with his brother uh, going into the cave. Um, there is a dead bird on the ground with the bird skull that looks kind of like Conchu as well. So a possible tie-in, but again, it's all mixed up in Mark's mind. So uh, so possibly not uh, a direct link, but an interesting one nonetheless. Thanks, Gail. Claire Laffer says, I was hoping that Conchu's associate at the end would be Mephisto. Now, in all serious, <laughs> love this show and wish the season was longer. I was confused as to why Jake spoke only Spanish, though. Love Layla in the show. Yeah, Layla is fantastic, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Conchu knows Mephisto, given that they kind of inhabit that Absolutely. that god and spiritual world, or at least knows of him. Maybe not pen pals, <laughs> but given Gail's uh, feedback and thoughts, uh, maybe he is. Maybe he is pen pals with old Mephisto. Uh, great stuff. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> 
Uh, Sandy Resendez says, the major thing, for me anyway, that this show got right was that they made me care about these characters. Mm -hmm. When I'm invested like I was, I can overlook the things that didn't make sense or felt off. I definitely will watch again, and now I want to read Moon Knight comics. Mm -hmm. Oh, good stuff, Sandy. Uh, That's brilliant um, that uh, it's made you want to deep dive uh, in that way for sure. And I think you're right. You know, I'm kind of there. I've given every episode of this season five stars, Mm -hmm. and I have never done that. Probably never will again. And part of that is down to the fact that you're right. They make you care about the characters. It's so kind of richly layered. It doesn't necessarily have to be deep even. It's just layered and thought out. Mm -hmm. And the characters all make sense together. And anything that's just a little off or a bit rushed, I, it's not phasing me because I'm just immersed in, in the series. And I, I, I'm guessing that, that you were too, Sandy. So that's that's really, really good. Yeah. Um, and certainly on the Moonlight Comics front, Into the Night would probably be a, a better uh, reference than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly the, the Lemire run, mm-hmm. um, which you know this series draws heavily from, is... Um, it's certainly one to to look at. It's there is a Brian Michael Bendis one that I actually really quite liked. I know, you're um, <laughs> but I know it's controversial within uh, the Moon Knight world. Yeah. And there's also the series of comics by Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey mm-hmm. as well. Um, so really we, good, great. Yeah. Smallwood's fantastic. Smallwood, the, yeah. The current run as well is really, really excellent, yeah. and it comes from a place where they're using characters that. Uh, fans would know but if you're if you don't know the character and um, pick up pick up this run jed mckay is doing a great job of reintroducing it to the yeah. character but i will i, I think uh, ray over in, into the night uh, the midnight podcast said it's as jarring going to the tv show as a comic book fan as it will be for comic for tv show fans going to the comic Definitely. book because it is very different in terms of story um, and what they're doing in the comic book but yeah. great great character definitely check it out thanks sandy joe herbert says I liked it, and surprisingly, my wife liked it more. She's only sort of into the MCU. I loved the first episode, but the mystery was kind of gone for me after that initial fun setup. Great acting and some interesting elements, but in total, it wasn't awesome as a series for me. Thanks, Joe. I'm kind of looking forward to looking back on the full season now that we've got all the elements in place and and how the episodes all worked out. Uh, Really interestingly, your wife liked it more than you, though, as a non-MCU fan. There were very, very few connections, really, as the series went on. Um, to the MCU, we saw, we saw references here yeah, and there, exactly. and mentions of things here and there. But the first Marvel show without any kind of cameo from any other character from another series or from another property, um, which is really interesting in and of itself. But it does stand on its own two feet as its own story, which is which is interesting. I, w- I really do want to see how they will incorporate it in the future into uh, the MCU. Yeah, I, I think it might just be the character incorporated in, um, and 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 that's it really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe. Moon Knight even gets, you know, the the team up. As I say, Midnight Suns, um, I would love to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that that's uh, yeah, good to hear, Joe, that um, there was enjoyment to greater or lesser extents with, within the household. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So thanks, Joe. Uh, finally, on Facebook, Christina Jones says, I don't give an F how much Marvel needs to pay Oscar. Bring it back for season two. Also, Jake, 
That is all. Indeed, that's all that needs to be said, it is. Um, I think. It is. Excellent stuff. Just did it. Fantastic stuff. Good to hear your thoughts on, on the season. And yeah, not much needs to be said. Uh, we'd love to see a season two. Great to see Jake in here as well. So excellent stuff. Thanks so much to everybody for your feedback. We do have another opportunity for anybody to get their feedback in. If you didn't get any feedback into us throughout the season, we will be doing a wrap-up episode in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, keep emailing your thoughts into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries and you can pop your thoughts on any of the uh, spoiler posts that are on there for the episodes. And of course, you can send in your answers to the pub quiz questions uh, to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And if you've missed any of the questions, you can head on over to our website, tvpodcastindustries.com, where they are all laid out for uh, Moon Knight, season one, I will say. And of course, if you're doing any other of our quizzes that we're doing at the moment, the questions are are laid out there on tvpodcastindustries.com. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Speaking of other things we're doing at the moment, we mentioned uh, earlier on, we are closing down our coverage of Star Trek Picard Season 2 this week because the final episode of that show comes out uh, on Friday uh, over in Ireland and the UK uh, on Thursday in the, in North America. Um, so we will be finishing up our Star Trek Picard podcasting. Um, we will also be going over to the multiverse with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness this week. So uh, we will have our podcast on Multiverse of Madness out next week. We're hoping to have it out by about Wednesday of next week um, to give us give everybody time to go and see it at the cinema and uh, and enjoy the experience and get your feedback into us about that too. Yeah, no, please, please do. Um, I am getting very very excited mm-hmm. uh, for Multiverse of Madness. So it better not be crap. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes, exactly. But if you want to hear those thoughts, make sure you subscribe to all our feeds at tvpodcastindustries.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, defenders and Picard heads, Trekkies and Trekkers, multiversal travelers and beyond, we will be back into your ear holes in a couple of days and we'll be back next week thank you so much for listening to our coverage of this season series whatever we are calling it of moon Knight. <laughs> we've a pleasure having you fingers crossed we get it disassembled we will be back with our wrap-up and we will speak to you all again very soon oh yeah making of definitely coming out 11th of may uh, just so you're all aware that's definitely coming out next week so we will see if that will be part of our uh, of our wrap-up episode Yes, uh, thank you so much, fellow Defenders. It has been great discussing the phases of the moon with you uh, through this season one of Moon Knight. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Full moon. Total eclipse. Half moon. Full moon. Thank you, May Calamway, for uh, for also going through the phases of the moon with us uh, this, this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying my new toy. I might use that again next time. Yeah. And the, the toy is a soundboard, mm-hmm. not me. <laughs> very true. That's very exactly. true. <laughs> Thanks we so much. We do not have me put in a corner. No one puts me in a corner. Exactly. Thank you so much. We'll speak to you again next time. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yes, you can also send in to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com all the pub quiz questions. And of course, all the questions are over on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com.
Yes. Or you could send in all the answers and then you'll be in with a chance to get uh, to get your hands on some Moon Knight goodies. Um, we have the questions. <laughs> we need the answers. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd like your answers too. Yeah. No, no, do, because otherwise you'd just be copying and pasting it from uh, from our website. So send the answers That is not saying in. in. <laughs> I saw that again. Hoffman. Yes, thank you so much, fellow defenders. As always, it has been great discussing the phases of the moon with you uh, <laughs> over this. Uh... <laughs> oh, so sorry. He giggled at his own joke there. You're, set, you're setting me up. <laughs> it's been great discussing all the phases of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> It's been great discussing the phases of the moon. <laughs> oh <my laughs> what is going on? I'm sorry. I'm anticipating. Total eclipse.